Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Christmas in the city launching today. Um, and, you know, we are celebrating Christmas all of the time and in the malls and everywhere. And we should actually know why we're celebrating Christmas, right? You know, there's a bunch of people on your street that are putting lights on their houses that have no idea why. We're like, what are we doing? We're just, I don't know, we're buying lights, we're spending money, we're putting away the old decorations, we're going into our basement and we're pulling out decorations that we've spent a lot of money on. And if you have a wife like mine, you've spent a lot of money on multiple styles of Christmas decorations. So whatever she's feeling this year, you know, it could be the white and the silver, it could be the green and the red. She can go just like a smorgasbord of choices in our basement of Christmas. And if you want some, let me know. I'd be happy to give it to you. (laughs) But we're doing all of this and people are doing all of this. And sometimes we actually forget why. And this is the way a lot of traditions are. We just do a lot of stuff a lot of time. We don't actually know why. Our whole country is engaging in this. North America is engaging in all of what I've just described. And people are getting ready for the holidays. And uh, a lot of times we, you know, we just think it's all about family. And thank God it is about family. And we just think it's about celebrating. Thank God for celebrations. But there's a reason for all of it. There's a reason why we're doing all of what we're doing. There's this monumental event that happened 2,000 years ago that... Uh, Jesus coming to the earth to change history forever, the, the world, world history, real life history, has been changed forever at the arrival of Jesus. And once again, we do all of these things in culture, and we're going to spend a bunch of money, you know, this year giving of gifts and all these different things, which you should. You should enjoy the holidays. Don't overspend. Uh, don't send yourself into debt. Uh, with the holiday season, but these are all things that we engage in, in gift giving, and we engage in gift giving because God is a giver of gifts. And we are putting up lights, like I said, my daughter had me put up lights on our house. I didn't really care to put up lights on our house uh, necessarily, but she's really wanting to celebrate the season, and so I went up on a ladder for a long time, and my calves were really sore afterwards. But we did it because we're celebrating Christmas. And, and, and when we think about the traditions such as putting up lights on our houses, once again, people that are completely secular, maybe don't even believe in God, or maybe of a different religion of some, some kind, are putting up lights on their houses because Jesus is the light of the world. And this is the source of this idea of lights. And we actually love lights as human beings. It is just something that we engage in, that we go to look at lights everywhere. You know, there's a city, there's a house in the city which we live in, and this, this family, um, has one of those, uh, close range, like, radio signals, and then they put songs, and they have, like, LED lights all over their house, and there's music, so you can pull up to their house, turn your radio to a certain channel, listen to music, and the LED lights on their house are flashing to the music that you're listening to. On their house. But we're going to see the lights. Nobody's going to gather to see the darkness. And and then the idea that the metaphor of light is very important. And we see this in the story of Jesus. Now in the Gospels we see um, historical references to the coming of Jesus. And you know he's born in a manger in a certain city in a certain place. And we're going to talk about um, some of those things as we go on in the month. As we continue to celebrate Christmas. But the Gospel of John gives us something different. 
as opposed to the actual physical details of the event, he actually goes right to the meaning of the event. What is the meaning of the event, Jesus coming to the earth, God coming to the earth in flesh that we celebrate every year, which we have done and we will continue to do as a church and then as a culture. And once again, the culture surrounding us has forgotten why, but we shouldn't forget why. And we should know why. And we should know why we're celebrating. And we can happily drive down our streets um, seeing all the lights, knowing that they actually represent Jesus, the light of the world. John chapter 1, verse 4 says this. So John, once again, explaining to us the meaning of the advent of Jesus, the meaning of Jesus coming to the earth. In him, verse 4, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not Recognize him. So we have all of these lights everywhere, inside and outside of our house and on trees and everywhere. The reason we do have light is because of this. That there's something about the light and there's something about in the light of Jesus, once again, that's giving light to all mankind. And like I said, we don't celebrate the darkness. And a lot of times we're afraid of the darkness, right? If you, you know, if depending on your basement and if you have an unfinished basement, you know that sometimes when you go, or if you have a finished basement, you know that part of your basement is unfinished, or usually around the furnace. And when you go to that unfinished part of your basement, you know that in any given time, when you turn on the lights, what could be there? Evil, creepy qualities. <laughs> you know that one really gross one that has like 100, 200 legs or something, it's got the long antennas? It's that one when you squish it, there's like nothing left of it. And you'll think, how does this even a bug? God, why did you create this bug? We're not sure why. But all these things come out and they're lurking in the darkness. And we know bad things grow in the dark. We know that mold grows in the dark. But what would happen if we expose certain of these things to the light, that the light will actually change things. And we know that, you know, there's devices now that you can get a lot of germs on your phone kind of a gross thing to find out but you can get a lot of germs on your phone and now there's devices that you can put your phone and in some sort of uh, case that has uv rays and the uv rays will kill all the germs on your phone might be a good gift idea for somebody (laughs) and when we expose things to the light good things happen but when things remain in the dark things can grow And this idea that Jesus is coming and he's going to light all mankind, that this understanding of who Jesus uh, is and how he uh, taught about God, how it's going to produce this understanding of actually how we should live our lives, that we should actually have and experience the light of life, that we should not want to live in darkness. Now, we know physically all of these things can be in the darkness, but then... Sometimes we know and we use this language that, that somebody, you know, they're going through a, a difficult time in life or they're, you know, maybe experiencing some fear 
or the frustration or bitterness or unforgiveness or if their life is just marked by constant anger, maybe depression. What do we say about that person? Not as a negative accusation, but we might say, man, that person's in a dark place. And when we get in a dark place, what should we desire? We should desire the light, that the light will actually help us be pulled out of a dark place. That when we expose uh, these negative things, these things that grow in the dark, when we expose them to the light of Jesus, it's going to change our lives for the better. And this is what we see in the story of Jesus. Yes, Bethlehem, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about all these physical things that went on, and there's great lessons there as well. But Paul, uh, John, rather, is giving us the meaning of Jesus coming. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, and he said this, I, Jesus is speaking, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that we're in relationship with Jesus. We're following after Jesus. Jesus is in front of us teaching us about life. Saying, hey, come this way. Walk in the light with me. Stop walking in the darkness. And we're going to be in this relationship with one another. And this is what Jesus is saying when he says he is a light for all mankind. And we continue to celebrate it and we continue to put lights up everywhere, but there's actually a meaning for it. It helps us to live our lives in such a way that's successful and meaningful, that we don't allow things to lurk in dark places in our soul and in our heart, that we would actually expose them to the light of Jesus, that we would expose them to the light of the Savior. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So it's not just the actual step-by-step thing that's being talked about here. The the walking in the light is how we're living our lives. Are we living our lives in such a way that we can actually see where we're going, that we are avoiding certain things in the darkness? Now, we all know at different times we've got up in the middle of night maybe to go to the bathroom or your baby's crying or something. And then you're, you're, you know, walking in a certain direction and you're a little bit groggy and it's really dark. And what happens a lot of time is you, you either run into a wall, you stub your toe on a chair. Why? Because you were walking around in the darkness. But we know that the light will help us to avoid pitfalls. The, the light will help us to avoid obstacles. And we actually crave the light. If we were able to turn all of the lights off in this room, and we were to set you over here in the corner, and we said there's a there's a door, you know, about a hundred feet or two, however long this room is, 150 feet on the other side of the room, and we need you to get to the door, but you had no light. What would happen? Well, you'd start to walk, and you'd run into a chair, and then you'd run into another chair, then you'd run into a post, and you'd run into the media booth. You would stumble all. At these obstacles, why? Because there was no light. But if you had just a little bit of light, it could help you avoid all of these pitfalls and all of these obstacles. And this is what Jesus is wanting for us. That we would avoid the pitfalls of life. That we would avoid the obstacles. Why? Because that we would allow him to light our lives. That we wouldn't live in the darkness. That we wouldn't live in fear, that we wouldn't live in deception, that we wouldn't live in anger, we wouldn't live in bitterness and unforgiveness. 
all of these dark places of our soul that Jesus is inviting, inviting us into a different way of life. Matthew chapter 4 Verse 15 says this, The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, talking about a certain location, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region, in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. (coughs) From that time, Jesus began preaching, began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the light dawned on this region because Jesus was preaching there. Now we use this word repent and a lot of times that is a negative connotation because a lot of people take in it and they pounded people over the head with it. But really once we understand what the word actually means, it's not a negative word. It just means to go the other way. It means to turn around and go the other way. When you, when you understand something, and this is what light is all about as it relates to our relationship with God or how we would live our lives. How do I understand that life should be lived? And when we get new knowledge, and all learning is like this, we get new knowledge about how life is and how there's a revelation about how life should be lived from the scripture. Repentance means I'm living in a certain way and it's kind of a dark path. But then when I go to the scripture or I hear somebody preach or uh, in a time of prayer that something is shown to me that I see something in the light that tells me to turn around and go the other way. This is what repentance is. And this is what it talked about as it relates to the teachings of Jesus in this specific geographic area that they were taught something and then they were heard this what? Uh, Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so all of our desires should be to not walk in the darkness. To not walk in this negative place. That we should want to have the illumination of the life of God in our lives. So once again, repentance means, you know, I'm going down this way and walking down this dark path and I hear something else. I understand something else. That's what it means to see. That's what it means to be enlightened. And then what I do, I repent. I turn around and I go the other way. I walk a different path. And this is what the understanding of having a relationship with Jesus is all about. Not just as becoming some religious person, that I'm just not going to live in the darkness. Why? Because light breaks through the darkness. And the light has come. We should want to walk in the light. And this is what we see about Jesus coming to the earth. Psalm 115, verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Luke 1 verse 79, this is uh, the, uh, the prophecy of Zephaniah talking about John the Baptist, but by extension Jesus. It says this, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That my path would be illuminated. That, that I would li- I'd be living in such a way and that I would actually have to see something else. I would need to see the light. And this is a phrase we say. Man, you just need to see the light on this. You don't, you don't see it yet. You don't understand it yet. And see, God is trying to get to us his life through Jesus. 
that all of us need light on certain ways that we're living and certain ways that we're acting and certain ways that, that we're seeing how life should be, but it actually takes us to a dark place. We should want the word of God to illuminate my path, not just have my thoughts illuminate my path. You shouldn't believe everything you think. We should actually be examining our thoughts. We should be comparing them to the light of the word of God. Why do I think this way? And why do I think this way? And then, by extension, why am I acting this way based on how I think? Is that progression, is it taking me to a dark place or is it taking me to a place of light? Because God's desire for me is to walk in the light. Jesus came so we could, that he's, that he lit all mankind. Such an important idea. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It actually means something. The light's on our tree, the light's on our house. It's supposed to help us to live our lives. Luke chapter 11 verse 34 says this, Jesus speaking, your eye is the lamp of your body. Now, what Jesus is using the metaphorical eye, not, not your physical eyes. In other words, how you see life, sort of your worldview, how, how you understand life should be. He says this, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, listen, your whole body is full of light. But when it, when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Your body, your existence. How you walk around, how you live your life. When your eye is full of light, it's healthy. Have you ever... And by contrast, you know this is true. You, you know, you've, you've been in a healthy place, right? You've been in a good place. You're, you're not living in anger. You're not living in bitterness. You're not living in frustration and fear and deception. We know that, that, that we would describe that as a good place, but we've also all been in a dark place. When our eye, how we see life, is just really angry. Have you ever been angry? I would say this is one of my life struggles. It's very easy for me to get angry. But then if you, if you don't check your anger, every, you, everything makes you mad. Right? And then what happens? You just live life from this place. This place of anger. And, and anything anyone says to you, you just, you know, your fuse, you don't even have a fuse. It's so short. You just go from zero to ten, just like right away. And if we're living life like that, and that can be about anything. Once again, fear, deception, unforgiveness, bitterness. Negative dark places in our heart. Jesus is telling us that this is how we see life. Our whole existence will be in darkness. But I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd much rather live in a healthy place. Where, where I'm seeing things for how they actually are. And I'm seeing myself, myself for how I actually am. That I want the light of Jesus to illuminate me. So that I'm not one of those creepy crawlies lurking in the dark. That I, I want to expose myself to the UV rays of God. To, to kill any of those things in my life. So I'm not living in darkness my whole life. My whole existence is not walking around in darkness. 
Verse 35, therefore be careful, listen this phrase, therefore be careful lest the light in you be darkness. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying how you understand life to be that is actually a dark thing. Be careful of this. In other words, think about it. Don't just live. Have the light. Shine the light on yourself. Allow the light of God's word to, to be uh, shone on your life. So that the light in you, how you think, how you perceive life, how you understand life, that that actually can be dark or negative or evil. So we don't want our perceptions, we don't want our understandings of light, of life rather, to be a negative thing. And, and we've all done this, haven't we? Have it, can you look back at a time in your life, maybe when you were 16, and you thought you had life all figured out, but you look back now and you didn't. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I got my license when I'm 16, when I was 16, like most of you. This was not a good idea, friends. Because when you're a 16-year-old boy or this 16-year-old boy, you're just going to drive fast all of the time. And I'm going to zip here and I'm going to go there and I'm going to speed and no one's going to care. I did a lot of stupid, dangerous things driving when I was 16. The light in my brain was darkness. <laughs> and we can extrapolate that to any area of our lives. And we don't want our light to be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright. As when a lamp with its rays gives you light. That is what we want. We want that light. Now when, when we, we see here in these verses talking about um, that Jesus would give us this understanding. That Jesus would light all men. There's three very simple thoughts. And I talk about these three thoughts um, a lot here in our church and, and the reason is I, I, I talk to a lot of people and there's a lot of people still struggling with the simple understanding of three thoughts that I, I think are very evident in scripture that I think are very evident in the life of Jesus and I think they're very obvious uh, for what Jesus came to show us to, to help us to see to enlighten us and one of the first things that we would see in the life and ministry of Jesus and that the, that the religious people rather got angry at him for is that Jesus called God Father. Now I know that everybody um, here in this room today and everybody, you know, anybody listening to this might not have had a great earthly father. I totally understand that. And, and, it, and the reason you actually know you didn't have a gr good earthly father is that there's an ideal out there somewhere of a dad being a good dad. That there is this big idea that we, and we should all want to have a good dad and we should all, for all the dads in the room, we should want to be a good dad. But Jesus came and he used this idea that God is a father. He's not a distant deity. He's not someone who doesn't care about you. He's not somebody who's absent. But he is the best kind of father. And this idea of a father, and one of the songs that we sing around here is that God is a father, but God is a good father. In other words, God is a good God. And this is light to your life. Because if you don't think God is good, you think God might be schizophrenic. Looking at your circumstance, you're like, you know, God is good, maybe at church, and we're singing my favorite song, so God is good. 
And then Pastor Brent used one of my favorite verses, so God is good. But then I wake up tomorrow with some pain and we think, oh, maybe God is mad at me today. But this understanding that God is wholly only good is so very important. Otherwise, the light you think about God is darkness because God is not against you. God is not trying to hurt you or damage you. Once again, from the scripture, the greatest revelation that we have, that means understanding about who God is, is from Jesus. This is what the scripture tells us. Not some Old Testament verse, but Jesus himself. And if you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, you don't see Jesus making anybody sick. You see Jesus healing people. You don't see Jesus standing at some ancient intersection over a chariot accident saying, well, this is the will of God. You don't have it, friends. And so what we must say is that God is good. The scripture tells us in James chapter 1, there is no variableness or shadow of turning. God is not schizophrenic. He's not good and then bad. He is only good. That's so important to know because then we can always go to him. Because, listen, if we take this further, if we think God is the one hurting us, why would we go to him? Let's be honest. If God hurt me or damaged me or did something to me to cause some big negative thing to happen in my life, why would I actually go to him? So important to know that he is holy, only good. Second thing is important to think about is that God is for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? That means that God is on my side, that God has given me favor. Now, God is not on your side while you're sinning. That's not what I'm saying. God is not approving your sin. But the idea is that God is always for you. There's nobody interested in you like God, not even your mama. He's for you. You're his child. Do you understand how far this revelation takes us? If there's any parent in this room worth your salt, you want the best for your kids. Can I get an amen? Amen. You want your kids to have a better education. You want them to be better off financially. You want them to have a better marriage than you've had. You want them all things better. Why? Because you're on your child's side. How much more the Heavenly Father? Do we think God is abusive, negative Father? No, God is a... If we can be good, how much more can God be good? God is on your side, friends. So you don't want your light about God to be darkness. What would be the darkness? Well, God is against me. God's hurting me. This negative thing, that's the sickness and disease, this other thing, this negative thing. Oh, God is doing this to me. That is darkness, the light of understanding of who God is, that God is on your side. I can always go to him for help. Very present help in time of trouble. He's not hurting you to help you. Come on now, let's think about it. He's on your side. He's for you. Last thing, simple So important that God loves you. For God so loved the world. And this is so important. It's so important for young people to get an understanding of this. Because some people won't love you. And then some people don't love you anymore. 
And then some people didn't love you on Instagram. You wanted that one like and you didn't get it. Why did they love me? We got to get to the place. You know, it's, it's nice to have people to like you and to love you. But I have God who loves me. I don't actually need anything else. God loves me. The creator of the universe. The creator of me. He actually loves me and cares about me. He's interested in me. He's for me. And he is good. Think about if if we can get that thought. If we can live that way. If we can live that that light illuminates my life. How does that change my thoughts? What, What path does that take me on? How much more confidence do I have knowing that God loves me and cares about me? How much more confidence do I have when I run into negative circumstances that God did not create, that the enemy brought my way? I know that God is for me and he is with me so I can handle this too. And I can get through this too. And I can overcome this too. Why? Because the overcomer is on the inside of me. And the overcomer loves me and he's on my side and he's my father. What else do we need? Those are all of the things. This is why Jesus is the light for all mankind. That we would live like this. That we would live with this light in our mind. That would fill our lives. It would fill our existence. We don't want the light on the inside of us to be darkness. Thank God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So, when we allow the light of God to come in us and shine on us, something that I would say about your life this December is that God actually wants to do something through you this December, in this Christmas season, in all of the family gatherings you have to go to. Do you have them? Have you counted them yet? And crazy Uncle Joe will be at all of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) But you have that one relative. You know what I'm talking about? That one relative is like sandpaper. You know what I'm saying? You got the same blood in you, but you're like, ugh. They're coming to the party, friends. But you know that God actually might want to use you to be a blessing in your family Christmas party. That God has actually done something in you. That God has illuminated your life to help you to understand that, that God loves you. And he's on your side. And he's your good father. And so I have that confidence. So because I have that confidence, I can actually share the love of God this December at my family, at, at, at my work, at the staff Christmas party on my job. It's going to get crazy, friends. That party. It's going to get wild. Maybe you could be a light at that party. Maybe you could be a difference maker for somebody else in December. Why? Because we've allowed the light of God to come on the inside of us. And you know, for a lot of people, December is a really hard time. They actually don't have family gatherings to go to. And they don't really like their job. They don't like the people that they work with. And it's kind of a sad, lonely season for a lot of people in December. Could you be a light to that person? And I would say this is so important for us to think about as followers of Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5. For we 
What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. With ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For God said, let light shine out of the darkness. So you're going to find yourself in some dark places this December. Why? Because there's going to be people who were walking through a dark place. But you're going to let your light shine for them. Has shone out of our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That we allowed that light in our lives. And so now he wants that light to shine through us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says... Jesus says to his disciples, and that's you, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Now, you're not Jesus, but you're reflecting that light. So he's the sun and you're the moon. And so you're going to reflect that light into another situation. So he's calling you the light. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill it cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. That you're going to give light to other people this December season. Why? Because you've allowed the light of Jesus on the inside of you. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we're going to experience light and then we're going to bring light to dark places. So I've got a psalm here that we're going to finish with that will help you at your family Christmas gatherings. Are you ready? And that's going to help you at your, your work Christmas parties. It's going to help you um, in your neighborhood. Because maybe this afternoon, maybe you could be a light in your neighborhood and you can um, help shovel someone's yard yard, not their yard, you're not going to shovel their yard, their driveway or the, uh, the sidewalk in front of their house. And what are you going to do? You're going to be a light. You're going to shine your light. But there's a great psalm we're going to read here together and it's going to help you get through this December. So are you ready? All right, we're going to finish with this today. Psalm 27 verse 1, it says this, the Lord is my light and salvation whom... Shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Not fear, not deception, not anger, not unforgiveness, not bitterness, not struggle, not frustration. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. It is how I see life. So I can go into this December with all of the things that I have to do and I can know that the Lord is the stronghold of my life. He is my light, my salvation. Listen, when evildoers assail me, this is a family Christmas party, friends. <laughs> when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though, they, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Why? The Lord is my light and my salvation. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Verse 5. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. 
And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent of sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you have, have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on the level path because of my enemies. Give not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means this December. You're going to look at the goodness of the Lord, not the stuff all around you. We're going to look at the goodness of the Lord and the light in me it's going to be the light for me and then it's going to be the light for somebody else wait for the Lord be strong and let your heart take courage wait for the Lord Amen thank you for taking the time to listen in be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages for more content from the City Church or to connect with us visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at City Church GTA. Thanks again for joining us.